All right, you could uh, get back to your seats. You could go ahead and get back to your seats. My name is Randy, and uh, one of the teaching team here. We're in a series that will end up lasting about a year. We started it back in September, um, and maybe it'll go on past that, but we at least it's going up till August, and it's called Following Jesus, His Life and Teaching. And we're looking uh, each week at a story from the life of Jesus, and we're providing a handout to you, which you should have received, which will be for the next Sunday. So what's in your hands this morning is what's going to be shared next Sunday. So don't you can set it back down, take it home, and the goal is for you to have that scripture available to you to read during the week, to reflect on, so that when you come next Sunday, you're kind of in sync with uh, the teacher. And so we uh, are excited about, I am excited about what's happening as we are spending time looking at Jesus' life his teaching, and helping us to understand what is that life that he's inviting us to. Uh, we're in a section of uh, stories now, uh, chronologically, that are quite a few of them are related to healing. Uh, there's a lot of similarity between this Sunday and last Sunday. And this morning we're looking at a very familiar story where Jesus both heals and forgives. But before we head into that, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being our, our mentor and coach and teacher. And that in, uh, I believe, in a similar way that you uh, taught and mentored your disciples, that you are still teaching and mentoring and wanting us to live our lives as your disciples, learning from you. And so as we uh, spend time uh, reflecting, considering, reading about you and your life, might we not just connect with uh, words on a page, stories that we're familiar with in a similar way, perhaps as we remember um, other kinds of stories, but that the point is to connect with you, a living Christ, Lord, King. Holy Spirit, thank you that you uh, dwell with us and in us uh, to lead us into all truth. And that uh, one of your jobs, one of the actions that you take is to help us to know about, all about what Christ said and taught. So this morning as we approach this passage in uh, a different kind of a way, a little bit less about information, a little bit more about relationship, that you would guide us in this. Um, that you would uh, bring peace as we pursue and would you lead us into fullness of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So our story this morning is a very familiar story, uh, but one I believe is rich with opportunity for us to reflect and grow in knowing more about Jesus and the life he invites us to. On Monday, um, while I was driving to work, I tend to do my devotions uh, in the morning at my workplace prior to starting work. And 
I was thinking about the passage and thinking, gosh, what, what else is there for me sort of to learn from this story? And uh, of course, uh, the Holy Spirit was very gracious and kind to sort of wink at me. And as I uh, looked at the text on Monday morning, there were these numerous things that stood out. And uh, I even came up with this little outline thing, and it was really cool. And I felt led into a depth of understanding or thoughtfulness about the story. And Tuesday morning rolls around, and I start with a blank uh, section of Scripture, and I highlight again things are standing, standing out for me, and there are different things on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then Thursday. I was able to do it this week, all four mornings, and I just um, was so taken by the text that I felt and felt like that the Holy Spirit said, Randy, I want you to do this Sunday differently. Uh, I, want, I want my people to get this and not for you to simply present it to them. So this morning we're going to, um, I want to give you an opportunity to enter into the story through what is called imaginative reading. It's both a type of way of reading the Bible and a type of prayer. If you'll remember and think about it, almost all of Jesus' teaching included story and metaphor. Story, uh, you might think about the prodigal son. You might think about the kingdom of God is like a man who bought a field. You might think about a man was on a journey and he was overtaken by thieves. Another, a man going on a journey summoned his servants and gave them each a large amount of money. Familiar stories to us that were parables. When Jesus was asked by his disciples why he taught in parables, Jesus said, the reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen nor do they understand. That is a quote from Isaiah. And looking at the Isaiah passage that reflects on that, we could get an impression that um, is difficult to understand. But as I was reflecting on this and thinking about Jesus' answer, why do you speak in parables? What came to me was, you know, when I just teach scripture, they don't get it. So I need to kind of change it up. And I think that if I will tell them truths in story, if I can give them metaphors like God is like light, that they can come to see and hear the truth in ways that they have not previously been able to understand it. You know, our, our normal approach to reading the Bible is information. Because in our society, in our day and age, information is a highlighted value. And so to have information would give us power. Power to do, to have control, to do to be in charge. Information is very important. But the problem is, is we are first above all created as relational beings. And what we're going to do this morning with this passage is not so much information as it is the opportunity for relationship. When we read the Gospels in particular, 
and the story and the life of Jesus, there's an opportunity to be in the story. There's an opportunity to be with Jesus, imagining what would it be like to have been with them, been one of those disciples, been one of those people that were healed. We have been created with an ability to imagine that takes us beyond the information that's available to us and allows us to go into a story that, that helps us to connect relationally. I believe that there is more that we can get out of the life and teaching of Jesus if we would enter into the story with our imagination, seeing what can be seen and hearing what can be heard but is not actually described in the story. It's, it's a little bit like what um, a movie director might need to do. Movie director has a script, there's dialogue, and there is some description within it of sort of setting a scene. But there is a lot within a story that happens between the lines with looks, with with uh, actions, somebody turning their back, with somebody being sad or hurt by what is said. There's all kinds of in-between aspects within every story, and there is within the story we're going to be looking at this morning. Our story this morning is the story of a time Jesus was teaching, and the house was so full of people that no one else could get in. Uh, in the story, there are five groups of people. David, go and go to the, the next black slide. We're just going to leave it here for a while. Five different groups of people in this story. First, there's the townspeople. There is the family who lived in the home. For some reason, there's a bunch of Jewish Pharisees and teachers of the law from all over Israel crowded into this little home. Of course, there's Jesus and his disciples. And then there's these four men who carry in a paralyzed man, probably a dear friend, close friend, maybe a family member, and they carry him in on a stretcher to Jesus. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this story a first time. We're not going to have the text on, this, on the screen. My goal, my interest is for you to hear the story perhaps as you've never heard it before. I would even encourage you to close your eyes and listen to the story. Think about putting your child to bed at night or when you were put to bed and they read you a story. The entrance that you were able, that we're able to do as we hear story. Listen not only for words, but imagine that you are there. Listening as well as seeing Jesus the people, the house, the surroundings, hearing the sounds. The goal with imaginative reading, as I've suggested, is not so much information as it is experiencing and participating through imagination in the life of Jesus and those who experienced him. So get comfortable, sit back and relax. If you fall asleep and start snoring, somebody just nudge him. Some days after returning to his own town of Capernaum again, 
it was reported that Jesus was at home. On one of those days while he was teaching, speaking the message to them, so many people gathered together that there was no more room, even near the door. Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord to heal was on Jesus. Just then, some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before, before Jesus. But since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They removed portions of the roof above where Jesus was. And when they had broken through, they lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason in their minds. Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Why are you reasoning this in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, get up and walk? But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, the man got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Everyone was astounded. And they, too, were giving glory to God. And all were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. Now, I'm going to read this story a second time. And this time, I want you to imagine that you are one of the people in the story. You know, we do this with movies all the time. We enter into story all the time in TV shows and movies, books. So we're going to do this with this passage. Remember, there's five different kinds of people there. You might just be one of the townspeople, just sort of standing off in the back, kind of watching. 
Maybe you might be one of the family members who lived in the home. Can you imagine what it might feel like to have that many people in your house? You could be one of the Jewish Pharisees, teachers of the law. You could be Jesus or one of his disciples. You could be one of the four men who brought the paralyzed man on a stretcher or you could be the paralyzed man himself. So I want you to take a moment, trust me, trust the Holy Spirit, and I'd like you to consider from which person's vantage point you could imagine experiencing this story. Pick a person, pick a kind of person in the story. This time, when you listen to the story, imagine seeing it through the life, through the eyes, through the ears and heart of this person that you are chosen. I'm going to pause between some of the sentences to allow you to have time to connect with the story as the person and with what is happening. I want you to attempt to see, to listen, to look around you. I want you to look beyond the words of the story. What is the reactions of the people around you? What are you feeling? Are people talking or making gestures? How are people reacting to the man lowered into the room? Or Jesus' words to the Pharisees? What does Jesus look like? How is he relating to those in the room? How is he relating to you? Is he making eye contact with you? Now before I start, just begin to imagine that person. And I want you to take a moment and imagine the backstory of the person that you have chosen. Imagine kind of what has happened that day or what's going on in their life prior to that time in the house that night. And keep in mind, friends, this is a true story. These were real people who were there at the event and whose lives were changed as a result of seeing this. So if, if you're a townsperson, why are you there? Have you seen Jesus before? Have you heard about him? Did somebody invite you? What's the backstory of your person? If you're one of the family members, you can imagine that day waking up like any old regular day, and then all of a sudden that evening or afternoon there's this humongous crowd. What's the backstory? What about the Pharisees, the teachers of the law? What in the world are they doing there? Why did they come from so far away to crowd into this house? Why is Jesus there? Which disciples are there? Which disciple are you if you're one of the disciples? If you're one of the four men carrying the paralyzed man, what, what initiated that level of let's do this? Let's take our friend, our family member, our brother, our dad to Jesus. 
What do you feel as, as you walk up to the house and there's no way to get in? If you're the paralyzed person, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are you imagining as friends describe to you this person named Jesus and this idea? Or did you come up with it? Did you hear about him and ask for them to help you? I'm going to read the story again. Join the story. Listen, see, have ears to hear and eyes to see what's really happening here. And be open to the Holy Spirit to touch your emotions and your heart more than your mind and your reason. Here we go. Some days after returning to his own town of Capernaum again, it was reported that Jesus was at home. On one of those days, while he was teaching, speaking the message to them, so many people gathered together that there was no more room even near the door. Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, and also from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord to heal was on Jesus. Just then some men came, carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in to set him down before him. But as they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they removed the roof above where Jesus was. When they had broken through, they lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven.
Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Perceiving their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Why are you reasoning this in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, get up and walk? But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He spoke to the paralyzed man. I tell you, get up. Pick up your stretcher. And go home. Immediately, the man got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they all were giving glory to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. All right, you can open your eyes. You can come back to uh, 5403 Bandera Road or whatever our address is. Twilight Zone is over. One more thing I want you to do. I want you to share your experience with one other person. And we're going to conclude our service with that and then I'll lead us in that a little bit, and then I'm going to pray. I'm not teaching this morning. That was the Word of God this morning. So if you would, David, bring up the last slide with the questions. I'd like you to turn to one other person, not two other persons. You may need to move around. Listen to me first, and then I'll, then I'll encourage, then I'll let you go, but... I want you to go with one other person because I want you to have the space and time to be able to share. And I want you to, the, here are some things you might consider sharing. Who were you in the story? 
from your imagination. Why was the person at the house that day? What's the backstory? What were some of the things that you thought and felt during the story? So what I'm going to do is, in just a minute, I'm going to say, you know, get up, move around, whatever you need to do to be with one other person. I'm going to join the, the crowd too. So if, if there's, I'm going to wait and watch if people are with one another, and then if not, I'll, I'll, I'll make up the difference. Um, I'd like you to take just a couple of minutes, so you can't, you can't teach. You, you're just going to share your personal experience, what you were feeling more than your reasoning, but you can share some of that. Then I'm going to tell you when it's time to change. And, and the person who is talking needs to stop talking when I say that. And the other person needs to get, have a chance. If you finish, if the first person finishes before I say change, then change. You're fine. The other one may need to talk more than you anyway. That's what you're going to do. And I will tell you when to change. And then I will close in prayer. So get with one other person. Adrian, come up here with me. All right. There's your questions. Go ahead and share. All right, if I could have your attention, we're going to close. I hope that was meaningful to you. It was to me. In fact, I don't know about you, but I have found telling somebody else my encounter with God almost makes it more real and significant. I've found that a lot sharing with Clara something I got from my devotions or something. I had the same thing happen when I was just sharing with Ada at the end. I sort of was expanding the story of the person <laughs> while I was telling it to him. It was sort of like coming. It was cool. Anyway, hopefully that was special for you. A um, little different than what we often do here. Papa, thank you for uh, your invitation for us to know you and to know your son and to experience your healing. Uh, thank you what you showed each one of us about yourself, um, about those things that are important to you, and about the needs of others. Would you help us to remember that you have invited us to live our lives with you? That there's not supposed to be some difference, something different between our time here at church or our, our time in devotions or prayer and our time at work or our time driving our cars. That, that we are always to live in awareness of you with us. As vibrant and real as Jesus was with that crowd that night, you are with us. As we go to the scriptures in our uh, times of reading or devotion, as we read these stories week after week that we'll have the opportunity to read, would you help us to go beyond information? Would you help us to go beyond, well, I already know about this story, to an anticipation that you may have something new and fresh and real and something pertinent to share with us? Would you help us change our minds 
about your love for us, your forgiveness for of us, and your desire to live in us. Would you break down the mindsets, the misunderstandings? Uh, would you expose the heresies of our thinking, of our worldviews? And enable us to step into, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, your eternal kind of life that you have welcomed us into, that you've described and led us to, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that when we step from here, you are still with us. That you are still in us. That the life that you long for us will continue and will begin afresh tomorrow morning and then the next day. That we exist for something way beyond going to work, going to school, doing our tasks and our responsibilities. That we exist a relationship with you. To be in you and you in us, with us. Your love filling us, resourcing us beyond what we can do ourselves. Thank you. Let it be so, in Jesus' name. All right. We will have a, a few folks up here uh, that would love to pray with you, talk with you. Perhaps there was a connection in that story, something that God was doing in you. You'd like someone just to journey with you. Maybe you're experiencing an uh, issue, uh, physical condition, sickness, illness. Maybe you might want to risk coming forward and allowing somebody to participate and partner with you even as as uh, the friends did uh, in bringing their friend to Jesus. Bless you. Have a great week, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.